So, welcome to the Booked All Night podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to young adult books, both the reading and writing thereof. Uh, we are your hosts, Jessica Tuckerman and Magdalene Ann. So, let's get started. Uh, I would like to open up with a very brief uh, sob story. It says right so in my notes <laughs> about Round Robin Knight Wrights being super, super dead, as I put also in my notes. Yeah. Uh, we recently let an old website of ours die where we used to podcast and uh, do book reviews. You mm-hmm. can see all of the reviews, some of the blogs, a lot of the interviews, Q&As, and other things that we've had with authors through the past three years up on the website. They did come with us, so they're not lost in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Um, but we really enjoyed podcasting, and we wanted to bring it back up again. So here we are now at Booked All Night, and since we are no longer catering to a picture book and middle grade audience, we, we can say fuck. We can say fuck, and I don't have to edit it out. Yep. Uh, title <laughs> title of the pilot, we can say fuck. And part of the issue on the old site was that, you know, we are adults and we curse like sailors. Mm-hmm. And, and also Maggie has no filter. And Maggie has no filter. So part of the issue with the podcast was that I spent a lot of time bleeping Maggie out. Which I will just no longer fucking do. So so since this is a new beginning for us, we wanted to talk about our favorite opening lines. Mm -hmm. So Maggie, what was your first favorite opening line? And, you know, why? I actually don't have these in any specific order. They're just kind of like pulled off from my shelf. That's Willy nilly. Um, So technically the one that I have at number one right now is from Melissa Gray's The Girl at Midnight. Uh, it goes, uh, the Allah had gone to the library in search of hope. Aww. It's very nice. That's, like, very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's f- sort of from, like, the, uh, the prequel, uh, not prequel, the prologue, uh, before the story starts, because, um, the Allah is sort of, like, this motherly figure to the main character, who is a human girl who was adopted by this sort of paranormal underworld mm-hmm. that lives in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and, um, she finds... Uh, Echo, the main girl, um, right, uh, right about then. So she found her hope. Hmm. It's really cute. And then sad things happen in the book. And then sad things happen. Yeah, I Don't really worry. need the third book. Don't like, worry, right I've got, I've got things that happen. Yeah. Uh, so. I also did not list these in any particular order. So mm-hmm. my first one is actually from Cinder Ooh. Cinder by Marissa yeah. Meyer. I can talk. It's fine. It's fine. Talking's not important on podcasts. Yeah. We have audio and visual cues, right? Yeah, yeah, we have visual Fine, cues, especially. I can't wait till I'm, like, holding stuff up to the microphone for people to look at. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, in any case, the opening line is, The screw through Cinder's ankle had rusted, the engraved cross marks worn to a mangled circle. And I really love that because it, it grounds mm-hmm. you. And that's most mm-hmm. of mine are, like, things that really ground you in that situation. So we already know that, like, Cinder is not completely human, uh, we know that she is not financially well off at the very least. Mm-hmm. And even without knowing that it's going to be a Cinderella story, we can see that she's going to be a Cinderella character mm-hmm. in this opening scene where she mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. trying to take care of herself. Yeah. But, like, you know, the the screw itself is completely warped. Mm-hmm. So she can't even really turn it that well anymore. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I really like the visual that comes along yeah. with that, too. Like, we, um, at my first residency at um, Sierra Nevada, excuse me, I told you I was going to be burping now with all the soda. Uh, but at Suck my it fir- up, buttercup. <laughs> at my first residency at Sierra Nevada, um, 
I was supposed to be, my workshop was supposed to be with Ellen Hopkins, but she was running late. She was at a conference. So Pablo took over the first class. Pablo Cartaya. Pablo Cartaya. <laughs> uh, the lovely, lovely Slytherin man that we all love. Ten points to Slytherin! Slytherin. <laughs> he's going to fail me so hard this It's semester. okay. It's not like he's going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, God, I fucking hope not. <laughs> he's going to come up to us and be like, we need to talk about your language. <laughs> or be like, fucking ten points to fucking Slytherin. <laughs> Um, but Pablo, um, uh, ran the first class on first lines. So we were talking a lot about openings and how they're supposed to ground the reader and like introduce you to the world. And like, maybe the first line isn't supposed to be this, you know, uh, incredible, like, end all be all sort of opening to your story. But like the, the first few words matter. Like it's, it is the introduction to the story. So like something like Cinder's first line, it's. It kind of, like, shows you that there are, you know, robots or cyborgs or whatever, like, in this world, you know. That opening scene Mm -hmm. sets the ground for the technology Mm -hmm. in the piece as well, Mm -hmm. which is, Mm -hmm. um, at Rowan as well, they they talk a lot about grounding your reader in that, they say within the first chapter, I like that Sierra Nevada's theory is, like, a lot tighter than that. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, when you are starting this new piece, I don't know about anybody else, but reviewing has definitely made me pickier about my books. I know within the first chapter whether or not I am going to enjoy that book. I give myself until 10 chapters, and if in 10 chapters I am not grounded mm-hmm. in how that world works, there's a problem and mm-hmm. I don't want to move any Same. further. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's too many questions mm-hmm. that I need answered, and if I haven't been immersed there, that's not my fault. That's mm-hmm. If you don't feel the problem. connection to the story to want to find out right. to whatever your questions are, then it's just it's a problem with the, the writing. Right, because it's not just enough to care about the characters. You need to mm-hmm. care about the world. Like, we care about America, and we care about Earth. Like, mm-hmm. if somebody were like, oh, uh, but one of the moons around Saturn is depleting, I'd be like, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Well, I care like, because I'm a huge space nerd. But like, I mean, like I I would care because I'm not a heartless <laughs> but it's not thing. Like, yeah, but it's not but like it's immediately not, relevant. It's, it's not, not immediately like relevant like... here, and mm-hmm. if it has absolutely no ramifications to Earth, mm-hmm. why do we care? I'd be like, oh, that's cool. So what's for lunch? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. But what is your next line? Uh, my next one is actually from uh one of our other mentors, Lisa Papadimitriou. Uh, her ta- a tale of highly unusual magic is a middle grade piece, not technically YA, but I I have a lot of young uh, middle grade pieces on here. Two are minor from Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> and there's a middle grade one, so you're fine. Um, but it goes. Nobody had ever told Kai that she should hold her breath when passing by a graveyard, but she did it anyway. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that really sets up that Kai is sort of like this uh, believer of the supernatural and the story itself is about a magic book. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's kind of sets you into this world that like she, if she were to come, she were to be this type of person to come across a magic book, she'd believe in it because she is a superstitious sort of person. And like, it also kind of plays into this, um, idea that all of us had at, as kids that, you know, we all had these superstitions. We all like, knew all of the same things oh yeah like like, you have to cross your fingers going through the graveyard or you're never going to get another score i've never um, heard that one that is a sports thing (laughs) that is 110 percent a sports thing that you would (laughs) you'd cross your fingers and hold your nose really so that the spirits couldn't go up and steal your athletic talent really yeah Yeah, i've never i'm not an athletic person so i've never done sports (laughs) so uh no i did like the holding your breath and passing by a graveyard i did 
Uh, you know, all the not stepping on a crack, you break your mother's back. And like... I was not only an asshole child, but my mother and I were frequently arguing. So I would like deliberately step on cracks. I'd be like, why is she still walking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say the same thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> What's your second one? Um, I'm actually going to read two because they're both Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, the first one is, of course, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive. We're proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which is the opening for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And then, um, not for the first time, an argument had broken out over breakfast at number four, Privet Drive. Which is the opening to Chamber of Secrets, which is my favorite Harry Potter one. And I believe I am in the minority for that being my favorite mm-hmm. Harry Potter book. But That's mostly just because it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. I loved it. It really jumped me into mm-hmm. other genres, which I feel is like a discussion for another podcast. Oh. But uh, with, with regards to these mm-hmm. you know they they set the mood for the story mm-hmm. immediately i i know that you know like mr and mrs jersley are very normal but the cover of that book is very not so mm-hmm. like whatever is going to happen is going to be in direct conflict with whatever is normal quote unquote mm-hmm. to this world here and that's absolutely what happens yeah. surprise you're a wizard harry and yeah. you get to go to this wizard school <laughs> yeah, I'm a what? what? You're a pig. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's that's Dudley. Um, <laughs> and then the second one also sets up that there's problems at home, like mm-hmm. not for not for the first time. An argument had broken out over breakfast, and it's just you don't even know, need to know what it's about to know that there have been many arguments before. And just the tone from this says mm-hmm. that like they weren't important arguments. They were probably like. You had half an egg, and I told you to eat the whole egg, and you put, like, two sprinkles mm-hmm. of salt on your whatever yeah. you did. And it's just, I, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one um, was is from Strange the Dreamer by Lainey Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually haven't read the full book yet because I initially got the audiobook. And then, like, the second, like, I started reading, I was like, no, this is a book that I have to read, not listen to. Like, it was just... I've had a couple it's, of those. It's I've had a couple it, it mostly of happens to fantasy just because I'm a visual learner, so like I am I'm much more I much quick much, I am the type of person who very quickly picks up on spellings and like this 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 the look of a word rather than how it's like pronounced. Oh that's fair. So like that's anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Beautiful. So this one goes, um, on the second Sabbath of Twelfth Moon in the city of Weep. A girl fell from the sky. Her skin was blue. Her blood was red. She broke over an iron gate, crimping it on impact, and there she hung, impossibly arched, graceful as a temple dancer swooning on a lover's arm. Can I say that I love the visual Mm -hmm. that comes out Mm -hmm. of that? Mm -hmm. And that it reminds me a lot of the opening to The Thousandth Floor, Mm -hmm. a book that I despise (laughs) entirely. Because, like... Did you read the rest of Strange the Dreamer? Was it amazing? Not yet. I've heard amazing things about it. I did finish. Re- I, I started listening to the first chapter, mm-hmm. and then I was just like, "No, I gotta, I gotta read this." Like it's just, it's like there's very, too much visual. And I it's, need to, it's very, yeah. it's very jargon heavy. Is what Ooh, it is. So I need oh, to. Yeah. Well, not like jargon heavy, but it's like it's very fantasy jargon heavy. So it's like, all right, I need, I need to see these so I know I can keep the the characters like in line in my head. That's that's fair. Like. Um, Carve the Mark was also very jargon-heavy up front, and I, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Among other reasons, I couldn't mm-hmm. do Carve the Mark. See, the same thing happened with uh, M.T. Anderson's feet. It's an mm-hmm. incredibly jargon-heavy, like, right off the bat. 
and uh, it's 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 a little slow to get into, but like once you kind of get used to the jargon, it's it's, it's really good. Hmm. Uh, so my next one is, I've watched through his eyes, I've listened through his ears, and I tell you he's the one, or at least as close as we're going to get. And that is the opening to Ender's Game by mm-hmm. Orson Scott Card. Um, you know, like immediately I have questions like, who is he, and why is he the one? What is the one to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you care about getting close? What is this thing? And of course they're they're looking for crazy ass military geniuses and mm-hmm. a bunch of other genetic things mm-hmm. <laughs> read the damn book people it's amazing i i loved i loved ender's game i loved the trilogy it was really I good i loved ender's game i hate orson scott card as a human being and that is fair i also hate orson scott card <laughs> as a human being so that's totally cool uh let's see uh my next one is from uh susan dennard's truth witch mm-hmm. it goes uh everything had gone horribly wrong None of Sophia von Hastel's hastily laid plans for this holdup were unfolding as they ought. And um, it's not particularly powerful, but it's it's very telling of the entire series because everything goes wrong immediately <laughs> and I love it. And and then the Fire Nation attack. Ba- ba- that's exactly what happens. Like, it's it's amazing. Uh, I, have like, a, I have a love-hate relationship with openings like mm-hmm. that that are just like because it, so often it's like and then everything was wrong mm-hmm. it, and it just feels like opening up in the middle of the book but at the same time for a lot of stories that is the beginning of that story because mm-hmm. everything was fine up until then mm-hmm. like who cares what harry was doing like yeah. if harry never got his hogwarts letter who gives a shit right you know like <laughs> right. and that's why that like harry story mm-hmm. has to start there when his parents die like mm-hmm. we we have to have yeah. that kind of thing can for, you imagine if it was like and then Dudley got more presents. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, and? Mm-hmm. Like, who gives a shit about Dudley? Yeah. Like, the the thing with Truth Witch is I... I wasn't a fan of the opening chapter. It was a little slow to get into, and I felt like I was missing something when I was listening to it, because I did listen to this on Audible. But, um... I... It picks up so quickly immediately afterwards, and, like, once you kind of get used to... It was another one of those, I should have, like, read it because... I should have read it first because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it's very fantasy-heavy, so, um... That's, you know, shame on me for not doing that instead. But, but you like, also... You like high fantasy. Like, I do I... like high fantasy, and I like reading high fantasy, and it's... Listening to high fantasy is very different, just because, mm-hmm. um... Like, I, I mentioned this before, I'm a very, um... <clears throat> I'm a very visual learner, so I won't, like, remember any, who, who's people's name, like, their, their names, the mm-hmm. names of the characters, I won't remember if I'm listening to it, so I have to read it first. Um, so it's... Special guest stars, Bella and Luca, if it's picking up on the microphone, I don't know what it is, my, somebody walked past the house, my dogs are just like, a person! <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, your turn? Oh, my turn, okay. So... This is um, The Graveyard Book by mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman. Mm. There was a hand in the darkness, and it held a knife. And I love that the same way that I love the opening for Charlotte's Web, where it's, you know, where's Papa going with that axe? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah, where the where the hell are you going with that axe? <laughs> and, like, so here it's like, okay, there's a hand in the darkness. And then suddenly, it, like, in your head, and it held a knife. Like, it just kind of appears mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. with you, and you're just like, what you doing? Oh, <laughs> um, Graveyard Book was one of my favorite books that I read. I it's so it. it's so mm-hmm. dark for a middle grade. I really I mm-hmm. really like I liked seeing 
this darkness and maturity in a middle grade book, mm-hmm. especially since, you know, I murder children. It's what I like to write. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I constantly have these talks about it. She's like, I don't think what you write is appropriate for children. And I'm like, neither do I. That's why I write for teens. Like, <laughs> Listen, my, my favorite thing is when I told my mom I was writing a werewolf story. She's like, why can't you write about anything nice? I'm mm. like, this is the nicer story. This, this is just like, a bunch of half-dog people finding a family. Right. Like, and I, I tried to tell mom about my new piece where mm-hmm. there's, like, the underground society. And she's like, why don't you write nice things? I'm like, this is a lot nicer than what I just finished for school. <laughs> <laughs> um, your turn. Yeah. Oh, let me see. Oh, this is from Pablo Cartaya's The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora. Uh, it opens, note to self, I'm officially resigning from love. Time in a cell will do that to a kid. For the record, I didn't do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see like what actually happens mm-hmm, in that because mm-hmm. I'm I'm listening to it. Same. Um, and for listeners at home, uh, both Maggie and I have been mentored by Pablo. He was our mentor at Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. and we're like, and he's our, a lovely human being. He is a lovely him. human being. Don't ask him about tea. And if you ever meet him, <laughs> if you ever meet him at a signing. Just go up and shout, 10 points to Slytherin, because he says he's not Slytherin, but he's totally Slytherin. <laughs> and then right after that, be like, don't fail Jess. Like, <laughs> uh, if he if he thinks for a second, I'm never not going to bring that up anytime I see him. Poor, poor man. Uh, <clears throat> but it's actually really weird listening to Pablo, Pablo. Mm-hmm. because he is my teacher. So like at any moment, I expect mm-hmm. the text to be like, and then my abuela turned to me and said, Jess! I'm waiting for it, Mm -hmm. even though he has never said something like that to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's just really weird and is strange. I think it also goes a lot with our phone calls Mm -hmm. because uh, whenever I would get my phone calls from Pablo, because we do the low res program, so we're not Mm -hmm. actually like in the room with Pablo for the semester. Mm -hmm. Having these uh, phone calls with him, it's like all Pablo. He tells me what needs to get fixed. He talks to me about things, and then he asks me if I have questions. Mm -hmm. So for most of the most of the phone calls yeah. doing what Maggie is doing now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And <laughs> and at the end, you like he's just so thorough. Mm-hmm. I don't have any questions. So I yeah. kind of feel like that. I I actually found myself responding to the audiobook the other day. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh my god." Like and I turned it off. I couldn't. I couldn't anymore. I, I just uh. mm-hmm. Um my next one mm-hmm. is there is one mirror in my house. It is behind a sliding panel in the hallway upstairs. Our faction allows me to stand in front of it on the second day of every third month, the day my mother cuts my hair. And that's Divergent by Veronica Roth. Which is like three sentences opening, but like my whole thing is opening lines today, yeah. not just like... Just opening yeah. single sentences. Um, which, I mean, that's, that's also powerful too. Like before we even have a visual of this character, we have a visual of like a very religious society that mm-hmm. she lives in. And then we kind of, you know, get it broadened mm-hmm. as she goes out but this this very specific scene is just it's here she's gonna get like a few glimpses at herself as opposed to what we do every day mm-hmm. where like I have to fix my hair every day I have to work like and I do that myself it's not somebody sits behind me or somebody sits behind you and brushes your hair and it mm-hmm. says a lot about the society that that is something that a parent mm-hmm. still does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least in that faction anyway I imagine in like any other faction they were like you know how to fucking do it like yeah <laughs> um oh this one uh, it's King's Cage by Victoria Abeard. Because I don't like the openings to the other two, but I love this one. <clears throat> he goes, 
I rise to my feet when he lets me. Mm. It was such a good opening line. Don't mind the downtime. I'm just swallowing uh, <laughs> soda. But... <laughs> fine it's cool whatever um no that it is it's such a good mm-hmm. opening line and and that scene too mm-hmm. where she's mm-hmm. just like she is a prisoner mm-hmm. and she is totally controlled it's just that is a good opening line i mm-hmm. can't believe i didn't put that on my list <laughs> i am very glad you didn't put any of the victoria avery lines in there because I mean, now i finally have something because you took all of my opening lines like graveyard book i was gonna do that one i was gonna do harry potter i was gonna do cinder but nope um, that's what you get for not doing show notes before I do show notes. I don't know what to tell you here. Um, my next one is, I felt her fear before I heard her screams, which mm. is Vampire Academy by Rochelle Mead. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never actually read Vampire Academy. Yeah, well, I'm, like, showing my age here. You know, like, every, like, I think it's, it's a fair, fair thing to say most people have read Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, you come up through, you get to your adolescence, and your parents are like, Harry, but like, you have reached the age of Harry Potter, you know? Um, oh, but my when... parents were totally against Harry Potter. Oh, I believe your parents were totally against yeah. Harry Potter. But They were one of those crazy religious people. Uh, when I first started getting into YA, it was actually early college for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been what should have been late game college for me. Uh, more on that on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh and YA still wasn't, like, YA. It was mm-hmm. still teen fiction. And a lot of it was, like, a 16-year-old, but it read, like, middle grade today. So I actually started picking it up because of that. Mm-hmm. Because I was constantly reading things like Herman Melville and Frankenstein, which are, like, okay, don't read Moby Dick. I'll save you time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heart of Darkness and these big heavy mm-hmm. pieces because I was an English major. And I wanted to read something that wasn't that. Because as an English major, you just read the same texts over and over and over. You read the same theories over and over and over. And you, I just needed something new. So I, I went and I picked up a bunch of teen books. And the, the first among those were um, the Hollowmere books, which I can't remember who wrote those. Vampire Academy. And later, um, Heck Where the Bad Kids Go, which is like middle grade addiction. Because it's Dante's Inferno for mm-hmm. middle school. And I just, I love that. I need to finish that series. But like the first Vampire Academy book, mm-hmm. I, I ate it. Mm-hmm. I read it in a day, and that's really what I was looking for, because earlier teen fiction, I have to say it like this, earlier teen fiction is very much, like, written at teens. The writing level and uh, reading level of it is lower than what I see being published now. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that it's bad. I don't mm-hmm. want I don't want that connotation to come off yeah. and be like, it's a lower quality blah 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 blah. but it is definitely shorter sentences smaller words Mm -hmm. more commonly used words people just weren't sure how to write for that age group because it was either kids books Mm -hmm. or adult fiction like yeah there there wasn't really that in between so people were still just kind of testing the waters exactly and so i'm it's really great that i got into it then Mm -hmm. so i can see how far that it's come Mm -hmm. which is wonderful but what's your next Mm -hmm. one um, this next one is from, uh, Ava J's Beyond the Red, and there will never be a time where I will never love this book and promote this book because <laughs> it was so amazing. Uh, it goes, my brother just killed me. Again. Again? Mm-hmm. Like. There go- there's, there's more to the opening sentence, I just didn't want to, like, because it, it just turns into a paragraph <laughs> where it's, like, 
he wakes up with a knife through his throat and he's like, all right, you got me again. I know I should have, you know, been half awake because they're, they're in a refugee camp, or not a refugee camp. They're, they're, they're on, um, they're sort of like a, a nomadic group and they're in, they're sleeping in their tents and, uh, his, his older brother is a very, oh, so it's a, it's a training drill. It was supposed to be a training drill. But he stabbed him through the nope. throat. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's actually an enemy that comes into the camp and pulls him out. Oh. Mm -hmm. I really need to read, I bought that book last year at BookCon. I know. And I have yet to actually open it except to wrap it up as a centerpiece for my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Uh, okay. My, my next one is when we got the letter in the post, my mother was ecstatic is the selection by Kiara Gaz. Mm-hmm. And that's another grounding moment, you know, like we got it and she was happy. Mm-hmm. Like nobody nobody starts off like when we got it, she was really happy. And then continues like so was I. Mm-hmm. If you're happy about it, it's when when I got the letter, but it's when we got the letter. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. it That's takes a good one. Yeah. Uh next one that I have is uh Rowana Silver's Chameleon Moon. Another one that I love dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh it goes it's finally happened, babies. Parole is burning. They say we started out in a blaze of glory, and now we're all going down in flames. Oh goodness! Oh, it's really good. It's it's uh, it takes place in a um in a city that's been quarantined because uh, part of the earth is like, is like fucking up the everything. It's like it's it's literally burning. Like there's just like a an open flame that like kind of like surrounds the city, and they've had to quarantine in a, in a bubble, and they've created this sort of drug essentially that is it's a miracle cure but like it also has ridiculous side effects so they're all like they've all got like superpowers essentially Mm -hmm. but like it comes with a lot of drawbacks and um it's basically taking place when the city is falling apart and they're trying to get out of this bubble but it's it's like this higher it's it's basically like very uh militarized and like kept under like severe watch like it's 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 really intense and i highly recommend it Mm. also everyone's super queer and i love it oh well you know maggie always (laughs) recommends them maggie recommends everybody is queer even in your own fiction and then writes her own damn fan fiction for your unpublished fiction so that's fine i wrote the first scene to that charlana oh my god it's amazing Uh. (laughs) um my mm-hmm. my next one is the second time I saw my dead aunt Rosario, she was dancing. Oh, that was a good one. Which is the opening mm-hmm. to Labyrinth Lost by mm-hmm. Zarada Cordova, which is just an amazing book. And it's got it's got gays. It's got gays. It's got, got, got so gays. You should it. be really health, ha- happy, so happy about that. Like, I sold. That's how I, I sold somebody on Labyrinth Lost. I was I was in Barnes and Noble a, a couple months ago. I was just like looking to pick. Were you just up. like they're gay? No, I was I was at it was a, I was in the teen section. I was looking to pick something new up. I think this was like right before um, some trip or something I was taking, so I was gonna be gone for a weekend. And uh, I was just flipping through something, and somebody comes up behind me, and like she's like, "Oh, I heard that Labyrinth Lost is really good." I'm like, "Yes, it's amazing," and also they're gay. She's like, "Sold." <laughs> she went off and bought it. It was amazing. But it is. It's so well written. So good. I love it. I can't oh, wait for the second we book. We should just fangirl about that on uh, like another podcast on we our next podcast. Have, yeah, we should next just have like a whole like. Uh, <laughs> We should just, yeah. Anyhow, um, <laughs> your next one. Um, my next one is from Marie Lou's Legend. Um, it goes, my mother thinks I'm dead. Obviously, I'm not dead, but it's safer for her to think so. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
it's really that that last part of that mm-hmm. where it's safer for her to fit like mm-hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. i really need to pick that up it's so good i you, highly recommend it you linked it to me mm-hmm. and i gave it back to you without ever having read it <laughs> like <laughs> it's very good i need to actually like just going through all of these opening lines just makes me want to reread all the books that i loved it really does so it really does <laughs> i'm just gonna take my entire bookshelf with me when i go to poland this summer and i'm just going to read all of them may i remind you that on your way back from poland you have to Listen, immediately go out to reno so your I entire just, bookshelf... i just take one suitcase with me to reno i'm going to have like the family suitcase so my parents can just take that home for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, words yeah uh, okay so my my last one is my big brother reaches home in the dark hours before dawn when even ghosts take their rest. He smells of steel and coal and forge. He smells of the enemy, which is An Ember in the Ashes by Sabata here. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a good Bells book. Bells be the jackass. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's so good because it, mm-hmm. it also kind of paints scenery. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have something bright in my head right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking It's a of, very dark book. It is. It's so wonderful, though. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm so addicted to it. Uh, you know, like, he smells of the enemy. Like, what has your brother mm-hmm. been doing? And, of course, she's wondering that, too. Like, hey, <laughs> not hiding what the hell you've been doing mm-hmm. all that well. It's like when somebody comes home smelling like pot. And you're like, what were you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but... What are your uh, last my... two? You should have two left. No, I think that's my. This is my last one. I think I did all of them. Oh, yes, I did. I have ten, and I. This is my last one. Ah, yep. My last one is uh, Holly Black's tithe. Uh, Kay took another drag on her cigarette and dropped it into her mother's beer bottle. She figured that would be a good test for how drunk Ellen was. See if she would swallow a butthole. See if she would swallow a butthole. Yes. Oh my a God! It's a shot. Hole. Like a shot. Like, no, like, like a... the like butt and then hole W H O L E. Like she's gonna because oh. she's smoking a cigarette and she drops it into the beer bottle and then oh. she wants to test how her mom is, how drunk her mom is, and whether or not she'll notice that there's a cigarette butt in the beer. Oh, this is another thing where the visual component would be very uh, helpful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a terrible listener. Yes, you are. Makes for great podcast yeah. host. It's fine. <laughs> But Tithe was, like, the first book that I read when I was... I think I, I think I read Tithe in middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was the first, like, dark book that I ever read. Because it's a very, like, dark and, like... It's a dark fairy kind of book. And it was very... It was... I think it was the first book that I read that had a mention of alcohol. The first dark book mm-hmm. that I ever read is probably a really good discussion for another podcast. I'm going to actually wrap this one up because we are at, like, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to take up too much of your late night time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but check back with us next week and mm-hmm. we will talk about mm-hmm. something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been Magdalene Ann. And Jessica Tuckerman. This has been uh, a Booked All Night, uh, late night YA podcast. You can find us at bookedallnight.blog. Uh, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter um, at Magdalene Ann or at Jessica T- uh, J.M. Tuckerman. Um, thanks for listening, babies. Yes. I can't wait till we screw up and say round robin. <laughs> oh, we're totally <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.